life. The last time I saw him is when I was 12 years old. Um, I remember growing up in uh, Los Angeles and um, one of the things we would have to do if you uh, stayed out too late when the streetlights came on, you'd have to duck behind uh, trees and cars because of drive-by shootings. Basically what that meant is a rival gang would drive by and literally try to shoot you and kill you if they saw you walking down the street and you could be an innocent bystander. Uh, the crazy thing is I thought everybody lived that way. I mean, that was part of my life when I was growing up. The statistic in, at that time in the late 80s was if you were a black male African-American, um, you were either gonna be incarcerated by the age of 18 or you would die by 21 years old. I remember growing up, um, my grandmother raised my, uh, my sister and I, um, and she was very instrumental in my life. I mean, basically she was the foundation. Uh, I would say probably the biggest impact that she made on me when I was growing up was taking me to church. I mean, at that time, obviously I didn't know that, but that was the first time I was really introduced to God. She would take us to church faithfully on Sundays. Uh, we would go there. Uh, she would pray. I remember her praying um, at night uh, over our protection. Uh, she passed away when I was 12 years old. Um, and when she passed away, my sister and I, I didn't know this until I got older, older um, we were put up for uh, adoption, almost placed in foster care. But my uncle stepped up um, and was a critical uh, part of my life. He stepped up and took my sister and I in. I mean, I remember growing up and this brother being mean, right? He was on us hard, and at that time, I didn't understand it. Matter of fact, there's points where I don't want to say I hated him, but I strongly disliked him. And a lot of it was because he was on me about making sure that, you know, I worked hard, I worked hard in school, um, I completed my task, and at that point in my life, I didn't really understand that. But now, being older, I understand the importance of um, him being hard on me um, because that's part of my success now. And interesting enough, when I moved with him, he also uh, made sure that God was an important part of our life as well. Yeah, now that I look back, I mean, you know, I'm very thankful that my um, uncle took my sister and I in. Um, but I mean, I would be lying to you if I tell you, you know, if I didn't tell you that uh, when I was a teenager, like I said, I strongly disliked him and really would do anything to get out of his house. And so I had already decided that once I turned 18, I was going to the military. Um, my principal from high school um, got wind of this information and because I was a very influential and positive uh, role model for uh, uh, my peers at, in school, um, he offered me an opportunity to go to an HBCU, which is a historically black college or university, um, which is really how I got to uh, Ohio. I went to Central State University um, and graduated with an engineering degree. Um, met my wife uh, at that time. Uh, got married. Uh, we had two amazing kids, Trey and Victoria, which you guys know. Um, and unfortunately, uh, our marriage didn't uh, work out and we ended up getting divorced. And um, anybody who knows I me, mean, that's not something you plan and it was very difficult. And so I struggled with depression at that time and uh, even feeling like a failure. Um, and at times wanted to quit. Um, and so I kept working, kept pushing. Uh, kept giving my best and um, a lot of people don't know, I went through a point um, also at that time in my life of even um, being homeless. Um, some families took me in, but I used to go to the local um, to the place called the Karen Kitchen, it's a homeless shelter, but I would go there and eat. So during that time in my life, uh, you know, when we were married, we were um, 
we were faithful in church. We were involved in church. And um, I was at a point where I kind of was uh, fed up with God a little bit. So I kind of, I mean, some people would call it backsliding, sinning. I mean, I was off the hook, needless to say. And I remember um, some people from the church signing me up for this thing called the Emmaus Walk. Uh, my pastor literally coming to get me and I was hiding from him. I was trying not to be seen by this brother. And he picked me up to take me to this, uh, this it's called a ministry, but it's called the Emmaus Walk. And basically you spend the weekend there um, reflecting on life and spending time with God. And that probably was one pivotal point in my life where um, another insert in God in my life at a point where hopelessness is probably just uh, a basic word to use. I mean, I felt like there, there was no, there was absolutely no hope for me. Um, I'm divorced. You know, I'm not with my kids. I don't have a good job. Um, and then uh, my pastor steps in my life again um, to, to give me hope, to, to say, you can do this. Um, and so with that, some doors opened up. You know, I started to get some jobs. I started to work little ins and out jobs. I became a migrant instructor. Um, I worked with uh, some Spanish-speaking people to teach them how to speak English. Went from that to uh, working for car dealerships. I was a custodian. Uh, I coached uh, junior high and high school basketball. Then the opportunity opened. Right for me to have an opportunity to work at Urbana University as an assistant college coach. During that process, I was also a probation officer. So we've got a lot going on. I'm a probation officer by day, assistant coach by night, and then more doors start opening. FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, doesn't exist on Urbana University. And the coach there wants me to start leading it. So I started leading these groups at Urbana University called FCA. And then the following year, my pastor and I started leading these groups. And now my life starts to become what at one point was just a story uh, or a phase of not having any hope to me sharing the hope that God had given me to do something I love, which is coach basketball. Um, it was a dream of mine. I love basketball. Um, and then I'm at Urbana University and I get the opportunity to be the head coach there. And I was there for uh, interim coach for about um, a few months or so, maybe about three or four months. And, and then that didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. Um, and I felt betrayed and I felt hurt and I wanted to stay away from basketball. I actually got to a point because of some things that happened, um, I didn't want to see a basketball again. The biggest struggle for me was uh, even trying to accept that I was gonna have life uh, without basketball. Uh, it was a very dark time in my life. Uh, this family offered me the opportunity to uh, train their son um, and honestly, um, I did it more out of financial obligation than uh, probably how I felt at the time. Because um, what I was feeling during those times is I was having uh, suicidal thoughts, um, struggling with depression, um, being feeling like a failure, uh, not understanding my purpose anymore. And uh, what the enemy meant for my destruction, God turned around. Um, it made it good. Here I was training in a barn, um, working with one kid, and just in a matter of years, I live in a barn that's 11,000 square feet, um, that has a gym that's 3,000 square feet on the top floor. Um, I have four training facilities. I train hundreds of kids a year. Um, 
Went from one AAU team to seven AAU teams. Uh, I'm remarried. I have a home. So I guess if you want to know if uh, I believe in miracles, I am a miracle. Amen. I haven't watched, I haven't watched that video in quite some time. I got choked up watching it. Um, since that video, Malia exists, and we have another one on the way. That's awesome, right? Amen. So I was sitting here and listening to all the things that were going on. I got a chance to see the McPhersons. Um, <clears throat> I was listening to the songs, and the last song really ministered to me. The hymn, though, bless me. Um, you guys have an amazing church, and it's a great honor to be here. So I want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, I just want to pray first. God, just thank you for this opportunity to come and just be here, Lord. Um, we know that there are no mistakes. That This is a divine appointment. And you have a word for somebody. And I would just ask that you would move me out the way and that they would only see you and hear you, Jesus. I pray that whatever you have planned will go forth in your mighty name. Have your way. Amen. 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 So um, what I felt impressed yesterday, this morning, I feel like it was even confirmed once I got here, is... Do you guys have a theme going on right now? What's the theme? Is it your story? Tell your story. Share your story. Anybody know about what I'm talking about? This is my story. Okay. And so what I did not want this to be in the video was about my story. But what I wanted to encourage, somebody might be in here and you might have a few things going on. One thing might be you feel like you're either too young or too old to be used by God. Maybe you've made some choices that might make you feel like God can no longer use you. That video was just an example of one of many God's people that God has called. And I'm in a place now that I'm very fortunate, and I'm just being accurate, so I'm just giving facts. This is not boasting. I've had the honor to serve thousands of families, and a lot of people contact me. Really, the initial intent is for basketball. But the relationships that I, that I get to establish and the opportunity that I get to use, and I have a choice. I mean, in my business, there is a lot of money to be made, right? I'm being transparent, okay? Is that okay? All right. <clears throat> I like to be real. Um, with that, the temptation has even come across my mind, man, just focus on the money. I mean, if you kind of put, and somebody told me this too, I mean, you'd make a whole lot more money if you took the Jesus thing and just left it at church. And I thought, brother, you don't know my story. I mean, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be, I mean, and I don't know if it, I said it there, but I contemplated committing suicide a few times. I wouldn't be alive if it, was, if it wasn't for Jesus. So for me, the put the banner um, up that says Jeremiah 29, 11, or to tell somebody about Jesus, that's not really to win people over. And I'm talking about from a standpoint of impressing people. Does that make sense? Like, oh, he's a nice guy. See, he's got the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, on the back of the shirts, you know, and that is our foundational scripture there. And for me, when I was going through some of those dark places, this scripture helped me stay alive. And this is one of the things that I want to encourage you. If you are here and you just feel like, man, I just don't understand. I just feel like God doesn't have a plan. That's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. 
The enemy wants us to believe that God doesn't have a plan, but God has a plan for every single person sitting inside of this building in this room right now. Sometimes where the lie is, it is numbers. God might call you to minister to three people or he might call you to minister to 10,000. No call is greater than the other. Does that make sense? Like sometimes you feel like, well, man, I live in the country. There's not a lot of people out here. And a youth group only has seven people come in. And God's like, okay, well, those seven are important. They're very important. I mean, if we have a thousand people and we don't reach anybody and we get to say we had a thousand people in church, that's pointless as well. So the first thing that God laid on my heart was just to encourage if you're sitting in here or maybe you're being, I'm going to use the word called. But maybe you keep getting this idea or this nudge. I mean, you need to step out. You can sing. You can sing. You can lead. You can teach. And I have a compliment for, the, for this church. It is beautiful to see all the different parts being used. Like, where's the young lady who was playing the organ? Where's she at? There she is right there. Can we give her a hand? All right. So I come from a predominantly black church. We got down on the organ. And when I was sitting in here, and obviously my wife is white, and I talk about this stuff like it's nothing because it's nothing. But I chuckled. I'm like a former gangbanger from the inner city of California is in the middle of the country with a ton of cornfields preaching the gospel, right? I think not only is God funny, I think God is super cool, and I think when we are open to being used by God, he will take you anywhere that needs to, that, that he can be used. That makes sense, right? The Bible talks about how we are supposed to be his hands and what? His feet. So I used to not like bluegrass music. I used to not like country music. I mean, I'm being honest, hip-hop, Motown, r and I mean, that's what my parents and my, my mother listened to, my family listened to. And I used to make those statements. Then my wife and I, we met in a band that I started. It was a Christian band. I remember we went to a church, and I like hip-hop. I like rap. And I'm like, God, I need me some rap. So I started doing Christian rap. So I remember we were going to a church one day, and somebody at the church had heard that we do rap. And the guy told me, I hope you're not doing none of that rap stuff. <laughs> I thought, okay. Um, and we didn't. Back in the day, I would have. Because I would have wanted to prove a point that Jesus called me here to your church, and I'm going to be rapping. And we did not, well, I didn't rap. And then the pastor got up after we sang, you know, we, did, we do the contemporary, we do everything actually. So we sang a couple songs that I knew were going to be appropriate that the church would know. And after we were done, the pastor got up and he said, I brought you in to do some rapping. I thought, oh, man, this ain't about to go well. And so um, so he basically shared, you know, in this day and um, age, there are a lot of kids in this at this time. Um, and not just kids, people our age, my age, I'm 45, that listen to rap. And that was the reason that he brought us. There. He didn't bring us there to do what the church was already doing. He brought us there to, um, uh, to rap. And I thought I was still uncomfortable. And what he said that blessed me was he said, listen, it's the same message. It's just a different method. So if you're not, 
If you're not for God's message being communicated in Spanish, in German, right? And all these in African and in Haitian and all these different languages, then we, then we clearly aren't about Jesus reaching the world. And so if a vehicle is through bluegrass, if it's through the organ, if it's through rap, if it's through hymnals, if the vehicle, if it's Jesus' message, if it's the truth. Now, if it's not the truth, that's a different story. But if it's the truth, man, we want to deliver that. So with that same thing and same conversation, all of us have different circles of influences in here. Right. All of us do. And some of them overlap. So there was a guy, I don't even see him, he might be right in front of me, that was like, man, didn't we meet at the three-on-three tournament? Are, we, are you in here? There he is right there. Yeah, what's your name again? Everybody give Chuck a hand. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a coach, right? Chuck, 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 right? Yeah, I got you. So, so Chuck and Pastor Rob apparently know me through Union Station. What's the comedy nominator? Basketball. But I'm in the middle of the country. I took pictures. I'm going to post on this, too. I took pictures on the outside here, and I sent it to a couple of my buddies. I'm like, man, you're not going to believe where I'm at. But if, if I wasn't allowing God to use me in basketball, I wouldn't be here. And I'm just using that as an example to encourage you to step out in faith. And this is not a message of condemnation like you guys are not. But... I also believe that God has me given this message for someone. Maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's just the body. Um, but the, the message, again, the theme is we all have a story. We all have a story. What the enemy can do is he can make you believe that your story is insignificant. Oh, no one wants to hear your story. I mean, how's God going to use a kid? These are the things that I used to believe that his parents didn't even want. Right, I heard a couple of people like, ooh, when they heard me start to share. But that's, that's what I felt. I felt like a UFO flew by. In my brain, it sounded like this. And it just dropped me off. Planet Earth. And there I am. You know? And so part of what I struggled with is I struggled with me having some form of worth, value. How could God use somebody that his parents didn't want, right? Now, that wasn't the truth. That was a lie from the enemy. That was a lie. God has created us all wonderfully in his image, and he wants to use us all. In our youth group this past week, when I was teaching the kids, <clears throat> that was nice how that went up on kids. Um, I, was, I was teaching the kids that we all have something important to give. And the devil's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So if the devil, first and foremost, his primary goal is to keep us from spending eternity with Jesus. So that's the first thing. So if he could, I'll say it this way. If you are in the building and maybe you're coming for different reasons, but you haven't given your life to God so you can spend eternity with him, that is the devil's number one goal. Then he's going to start feeding you some excuses, right? One of them would be, and this is a popular one, right? The popular one is, I'm not ready yet. I've got too much in my life. God's not going to take me the way I am. 
And if the devil can keep you there, he's just hoping, man, this is going to sound morbid, but I'm going to speak the truth, that you die before you take him. Why? Because you're going to be in hell for eternity. That's what the devil wants. And by no means do we want that to happen. You know, if we don't fall for that one, like I'm not going to fall for that. I understand that God not only accepts me, but he loves me and he died for me the way I am. All right. So, God, I come to you right now, Lord, giving my life to you, knowing I'm imperfect. I got things to work on, but I'm not falling for the devil's scheme by allowing me to spend eternity in hell. That's not going to happen. So so that those thoughts that go through, man, you're not you're, you're not there. You're not ready. You got things you got to work on. I'm not doing that. I'm sprinting to Jesus. I'm sprinting to him. God, here I am. I surrender. I'm going to try to give you my best. And though I may fail, I'm here. Right. That's the primary goal. But then the next one is we don't fall for that one. We accept Christ in our life. Jesus, I'm here. I got your back. I got a relationship with you. Right now I have a relationship. But then the next thing is, and I use this real corny example. It was terrible, too. This is, so I had a kid. I couldn't think of anything better. So I had two kids stand up. One kid stood up with an empty can of sun kiss, and another kid was playing a the cashier. They said to the kid, um, how, much is the, um, how much is the can? And I said, tell them the can costs $60. And they were like, 60 bucks? And I gave the kid 320s. So then I whispered in the cashier's ear, tell them it's, tell them, um, I gave the kid 60 bucks. I said, tell them it's only $20. So they said, the can is only 20 bucks. So it costs you $20 for this can. You have 60 bucks. I said, give them the 320s. I know this wouldn't really happen, but I could not give my, get my point across. So they give the cashier 60 bucks. The cashier gives the kid $20 back. So 20 minus 60 is $40, right? What happened? The cashier ripped the person off $20. That's what one of my kids said. I said, what happened? The kid said, the cashier just ripped them off. And I'm like, exactly. I said, and that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to rip you off. So if you were entitled a million dollars, a year annually, that means you would make a million dollars. You're supposed to make a million dollars a year. And you work for Huntsman Elite. And I only pay you $60,000. Would you be happy or would you be upset? We'd be upset, right? Some people might be highly upset, right? They might post on social media, Huntsman's a ripoff. Don't work for him, right? That was a joke. Okay, anyway, so people get, whatever, that's a different conversation. So, if you don't know you're supposed to get a million dollars, now you don't feel ripped off. You're happy that you have your 60,000. What's my point? The Bible. The Bible tells us not only how we're supposed to live, but what we're entitled to. So, for example, what's the next scripture we have? Just click on the next one. It says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's use that as a perfect example. It says, I'm able, which means I'm capable to do all things. So what happens when God calls you to do something and you says, I can't do it? I mean, the scripture's right there. But you're not really doing that on purpose. What can happen is maybe you just don't know. So I'm owed a million, but I don't know I'm supposed to get a million, Right? Right. Maybe I don't even know the, the word tells me that I can do all things through Christ. But when I know I can do all things through Christ now, let's really get into the Huntsman household. So my wife and I, that's Georgia right there. 
Everybody clap it up for Georgia. <laughs> Go girl, right? So my wife, Georgia, in the last year has lost both of her grandparents and her father. Um, she's changed jobs. She went from a counselor in one school to a counselor in another school. And the things that they said that they were gonna do, they are not doing. She was in a car accident, is that a month ago? A month ago, the car was totaled. We are expecting she was having bleeding this past weekend. We were nervous, we were scared, we thought we were gonna lose a baby. And I told her, we gotta stand on the word. We have to stand on the word. Why did I share that? I shared it for this reason. When you go through real stuff, the enemy will attack you. And if you don't have the word in you, that's the other scheme of the devil. So if I can't stop you from getting to heaven, man, can I, can I at least convince you not to live in all the things that God has for you? Again, my basic example is you work for me, you're owed a million, and the enemy's going, but you're only supposed to get 60,000. And we're like, woo, I got 60. And it's like, that's not what you're owed, right? What's, what's my point? My point in that, in that situation is, you know, and we had a bunch of scriptures we were standing on, but one of them was that God will never leave us or forsake us, right? That he's a healer. And so with those things, we stood on that, okay? With the, with the real emotions. Everybody, everybody understand what I'm saying? If the enemy can't rob us from, if he can't convince us to spend eternity with him in hell, then the next goal is for us not to walk confidently and boldly in what God has called us all to do. God wants us to love him, love each other, right? And make disciples. Love him, love other, and do what? Make disciples. So if we are, if we do have a relationship with God, and maybe I got all this word for me, I'm obese in Jesus, right? I, mean, I just got a bunch of word in me, but I'm not making disciples. Man, I'm only, I'm only getting 60,000. I'm only getting, what, what, what do I mean when I say make disciples? What does that mean? Anybody? I'm sharing, right? Which is what I saw. I thought that was awesome. The video you guys pray, is it faith, hope, and love? Man, that's awesome. And it looks like the majority of the church is doing it. And I'm sure if it's like any church, maybe there's a couple in here. We don't want you to raise your hand and don't point at them that may not attend it like they're supposed to. And this is not shaming you. This is what I told my kids. Man, I don't want you to stand up and sing during praise and worship if you don't love Jesus. I don't want you to stand up just because I told you. Man, my prayer is that God would do something for you that you would fall madly in love with him that if it's the organ, the keyboard, rap, southern gospel, gospel, genre, 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 that you're like, man, they're talking about Jesus. Man, everything he's done for me, I'll stand. Doesn't even matter if I like the beat. Why? Because it's not about the beat. It's about the king of all kings, right? The great I am, amen? That's what it's clapping for right there. 
<clears throat> so when you get to a point when you can reflect, that's why that video was good for me and my family. When you can reflect on God's goodness and you start thinking about what God has done for you. I am guilty of God doing some things for me and providing some miracles. And then a year later, forgetting. Here's a funny story. At least I think it's funny. Has anybody ever had a kidney stone? Anybody? Yes. How'd that feel? Oh, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. They are terrible. Right. Any women in here ever had any babies in here? Yeah. How'd that feel? OK. Yeah. Tough, right? Tough. Kidney, kidney stones are terrible. Um, so I had a kidney stone. They said some of it was from drinking pop and Mountain Dew. There's other reasons, but that's what they told me. So I went about two years. Yeah, I went about two years going strong, right? Drinking water with lemon. Lemon prevents it. Then after about two years, what do you think happened? I'm going to go ahead and just take a little bit here, a little pop here. What, what, what's my point, man? I forgot what got me where I was at. You know, I'm living strong. I'm walking good. I'm feeling good. Started drinking pop. Not a lot. Then I started drinking a lot of tea, not the good tea, like Arizona green tea and, and sweet tea. It tastes super good. Taste of sweet tea is good. All right. I love me some sweet tea until that night. Yeah, middle of the night. I don't know why it wasted the middle of the night, but for me, middle of the night. And I jumped up and I knew. First time I thought I was going to die. The second time I knew I wasn't going to die, I knew it was a kidney stone. And at that point, I'm, I'm the only person that prays this. Oh, Jesus, if you remove this pain, I will never, I will never do this again. That's just me, right? Nobody else ever said that, right? I will never. What's my point? My point is this, there are times that God has done amazing things and man, we'll go a year or two drinking water and lemons and doing the right things, and then we'll forget and we'll look back at that thing that got us where we used to be and we'll start to dabble in it just a little at first and all of a sudden we'll forget. In the, in the context of discipleship, when we forget what Jesus has done for us, it's easy not to tell somebody. Man, it's easy not to, but when you, anybody just get saved in here? Anybody just get saved? Anybody? Raise your hand. What's your name? What is it? Kevin. Anybody know Kevin? What's Kevin like? Good guy. How's he been acting lately? Happy? Yep. Normally when you get, first get saved, man, your friends kind of don't like you after that. You know, I don't mean that in a bad way because you, you can't, you got to tell everybody about Jesus, right? Meaning like when you first, when your relationship first starts, man, you've got a bunch of zeal. Man, you are super excited, almost to the point to other people you're annoying, you know. Then after a while, hey, I need prayer. I pray for you, brother. Not now. I mean, I'm going to pray for you later sometime, you know. Then we got to get reconnected. Little Revival Ohio, Little Revival, Right? some devotions, some small groups or something. Then we get reconnected. Then we remember, man, I need prayer. Would you like to pray? Right? They might say, no, that's okay. But we remember, man, I've got, the, I've got the truth inside of me. And this person just put up a sign, a billboard. I need prayer. Right? And we're like, oh, that's an easy one. They just told me they need prayer. I'm going to ask them, can I pray for them? 
right? Again, I might be the only person that's failed, but there's been many people that said to me, man, I need prayer. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be praying for you, brother, and I'm feeling good. But deep down, I'm thinking I got somewhere to be, and I know if I start, I'm not going to make it there. And sometimes it's not always somewhere important and super spiritual. When we went through, I'm being transparent, this is not to dog my church, this is just to share how offense can creep in. When last week, when we ran to the ER because of what we were going through, I sent a text to a few people that I go to church with. Georgia's bleeding again. We're running to the ER. Oh no, we'll be praying. All right. Some people sent me a prayer. Some people left me a voice prayer. And then some people didn't say anything after that, but we'll be praying. Now, when I was on my way there, I thought to myself, I'm sure not many people are going to be here to support us because they'll be where? They're going to be at church. They're going to go to church. So there's a need, but we're not going to meet the need. We're going to go to church. That's a good place to be going, right? But it's like we are coming here. This is a sports-related thing. This is halftime. So when we go back in the world, we can do God's work. But sometimes God might call us or give us the opportunity to minister during this time. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Right? So I'm not, right? There were people that came. At the end of the story, some people came, and it was super awesome. But offense crept in because I'm like, well, why nobody say they're coming? You know, well, they were already on the way. But that's how, it, and I, then I thought to myself when I was sitting there, you got offended pretty quick. And how many people have contacted you on your way to church? And you said, I'll be praying. I can raise all my limbs. I've done that. And God convicted me and said, now the foot, now the shoe's on the other foot. Be, be willing and be ready, right? Don't, don't be willing to preach it and not walk it. They say, walk the talk. Amen. So that probably sounded different. We got our video, my story online. What I really felt led to encourage you, not to shame you, right? To encourage you in is just, and you might be doing this, and I'm sure all of us can do better. I'm, I can do better. But it's just, man, being, when we wake up in the morning, we acknowledge God, and then we ask God, how can I be all in for you today? And then give me the ability to make an impact on somebody's life that they not see me, but they see you. It might be something as simple as loving on the person at McDonald's who took 30 minutes to get you a cheeseburger. And you're thinking, there's nobody in the drive-thru. looks like there's nobody inside. What are they doing in here? You know, and our pastors taught us Ask them how their day's going. You know what I found out in that situation? It ain't a good day. It ain't a good day. And sometimes, hey, how's your house been rough? Blah, blah, blah. They'll name all these things. You know what? Is there anything I can pray for? Man, what happened? The focus became off of me and me getting my 30, you know, my cheeseburger. And so with all that being said, I know that sounded different. Um, I had something that I thought I was going to do different. But as I was wanting to prepare, God said, I'll let you know. I thought, oh, that's a fun place to be. You're going to let me know. You know, what do you mean you're going to let me know? So 
I trust God a lot more than I used to, even more in that video than that in video. So I know with, without a shadow of a doubt that that word is at least for somebody. And what is that? There's a couple pieces in that word, and then we're going to wrap up and pray. Um, the word is this. If and foremost you are in here and you, have, and you have not accepted Christ, but you want to, but the lie that's out there is you're not ready. Some people call the church a hospital for saints. Have you ever heard that term? So I'll say I used to do street ministry a lot. I'd say, you don't go to the hospital when you're all fixed. You know, oh, I got hit by a car. We going to go to the hospital. No, not yet. I got to wait till I get fixed first. It's like, that didn't even make sense, right? This is a hospital for saints. Like God wants you the way you are so he can help you get fixed, right? Does that make sense? So number one, if that's you, don't fall for that one. Don't, and this is not scary, but tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. And so we don't want to, you know, we don't want to gamble with our life. I mean, if we love God and we haven't done that, man, I'm sprinting to him. Second thing is, if you have a relationship with God, but you know, man, there's some areas that I could step up and really be more all in for Jesus, right? Maybe I can be a better husband. My wife's like, amen, right? <laughs> a better father, a better worker. Maybe I'm a good husband and a good father, but I complain at work all the time. I mean, that's exactly how Jesus would want us to be, right? No. Amen. As we, and again, don't do this. Don't leave going, man, these are things I got to work on. I'm terrible. That's not what devil, that's not what God's doing. He's just, man, I mean, I used to train Daniel. Right. So this is what a training session sounds like if Daniel's in there training. Good job, Daniel. Way to work. Way to work. Use your left hand on the left side. And let's say he goes up with his right. You got to use your left. You got to keep working. There you go. Keep working. Keep working. Good job. He might have missed seven in a row. That's all right. Keep working. Keep working. There you go. There's two in a row, three in a row. Good job today. Now you got to use your left if you want to get better. I want to close on Daniel McPherson. All right. Give it up for Daniel. This would be great on the close. Daniel, when he came to me, needed a lot of work, right? That's okay, right? Like, like all of us, right? He needed a lot of work. But Daniel had two and has two amazing qualities. First one, passionate, and he gives maximum effort, right? Super passionate. So within that passion, he was very coachable. So I had what we would call an A team and a B team. Um, and I think, was there three teams in your class then? Or two? Yeah. So I had an A team and a B team. And so Daniel tried out, and I had a lot of kids try out. So he made the B team, right? So I'm not saying that like there was only 20 kids that tried out and I took 20. No, how many was there like? 70, 80? There was 80 kids and Daniel was part of the top 20 in the building, right? So super awesome kids trying out from everywhere. But he still needed work. He was on a B team. Daniel worked extremely hard, had an amazing attitude, and was super coachable. In his last year, because it you, was your last year, freshman year, after that, his last year, he participated on a team that when that team first started, they, won, they went two years without winning a game. Two years. Their year, freshman year, they finished 29th in the nation, right? 
And a year after that, they finished seventh in the nation. What's my point? Man, if we're passionate about Jesus and we're coachable, coachable means you hear and do. What's coachable mean? Hear and do, right? And I tell my kids immediately, you know, if you're a parent, go clean up your room. And right, that's not going to make me happy. I maybe got one more prompting statement and then we're going to go to another level, right? And so... All right. If, 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 if you're playing sports and I give you a couple commands and you don't respond, you get to come see me on the bench. Right. And it's normally not right here. It's normally down there. And that's to signify that you're probably not going to be in for a while because you're stubborn and you don't listen. OK. Now, God isn't as harsh as Coach Trey. Thank the Lord. Right. But what's my point, man, when we are coachable for Jesus, when we hear the word, Right, which, which is what establishes and increases our faith. And we do amazing things happen when we're passionate about God. Right. Man, he will call us anywhere. Does that make sense? And then when we give our best effort. When we just give our best effort, great things will happen. So we're going to close. All right. Um, I do. Can you pull up the next two scriptures real quick? It says whatever you do. This is wonderful. Only Jesus could do that. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. Right. So that says whatever you do, do it for God and not for man, knowing that you will receive the reward of inheritance for the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. And what's our next scripture we have? Joshua 1 9. I love this one. Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? What's it say? Be what? Strong and courageous. Do not be what? Afraid or discouraged. That's what we have to stand on. For the Lord your God is what? With you wherever you go. So I know this. Not everybody in here is on the mountaintop. Some of you, there might be somebody or a few of you in the valley, right? It means that I'm going through a storm. I'm in a storm right now. As I speak, you, you're in the storm. And if you look at that scripture, it says, haven't I commanded you? Be what? strong and courageous. Do not be what? Afraid or discouraged. Why? Those are real things, right? I love God. I know God's got my back. But when she told me she was bleeding again, man, I got scared and I got afraid and I was discouraged. And I have to be reminded that that is not what God has. What? What's that? Haven't I what? Commanded. He didn't ask us. Like, hey, you know, would you like to be strong? He said, be strong and be courageous. Does that make sense? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So if we just take those nuggets that we learned today, and if this was a team, God's team, right? The saints, right? And we were coachable and we took the things that we heard, right? And we implemented those things immediately when we face those storms, because they're coming. And I know this church doesn't, doesn't preach against storms, right? Because they're coming. The storms are coming, right? Has anybody been in a storm? Yeah. Anybody going through one, right? We're going through a couple too, right? God is with us. So it says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It doesn't say that he'll be with you. And then when you get in the storm, then he'll be waiting for you on the other side. He's with you. Was it Shadrach, Meshach, and who? Abednego, and then there was like a fourth guy. Who was that guy? That was Jesus. And where was he? In the fire with them. He was in the fire with them. And what happened to those guys? They got burnt to a crisp, didn't they? No, 
right? Not at all. So when you think about those things, that's what encourages us and reminds us. And when we're going through a storm, the Bible says there's a peace that surpasses our understanding. Man, if I was you, I'd be freaking out right now. It's like, um, no, Jesus said he's with me wherever I go. Why would I freak out? Does that make sense? But man, if we don't know the word, if we don't know the word, Here's 60 million, I mean 60,000, woo! And God's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 you're owed a million, right? Man, I just hope everything work out for you. I'll be praying for you. It's like, oh, it's gonna work out. Why? Because God says he's with me. Man, I'd be afraid if I was you. And people will say that, that love you and know God. They'll say, they'll, they'll say those things and you have to know the word to be able to understand that you got to love them, but understand that wasn't biblical, right? And you don't have to, you, know, you don't have to cast them down, you know, but you just understand, I know the word. Does that make sense? All right, God, we love you and we thank you for this amazing day. I pray that you were seen and I mean that you impacted somebody. Um, if there's somebody here in this building that has not, um, made the choice or surrendered their life to spend eternity with you. I just pray that you would prick them and may they either make that decision today or soon, Lord. Um, if, if there are others in the room that are here and you're like, oh, I heard that word and you know what? You know, there's still another level that I want to go to in submitting and surrendering and being more responsive to your calling. When you ask me to do something, I ask that you would just love and bless them. God, I just thank you for this awesome day. May they have a great day and a great week. And may they do something amazing in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Clap it up for Jesus. All right.